Why, hello there, stranger. Funny running into you here on the internet. Welcome to Nitwick, the podcast about friends and video games. This week, why, we're going to have a nice little chat about E3 and all those fine gaming news stories that came out. I know it's a lot to take in, but don't worry, we're going to make it all make sense and we're going to just have a bunch of fun along the way. I'm Drew, and uh, a fun fact about myself, my favorite Keanu Reeves movie is uh, The Matrix. Controversial, I know, but I like it. The original. The other two are good too, but the first one's the best. Fight me. Damn. That's a, what a controversial <laughs> statement to I say know. that the original was it's, best. Oof, I know. I know. I, I, I actually don't don't care for the sequels whatsoever. Whoa, what? Yeah. Yeah. What? I, They're so I'm, sequely. I, I'm, I'm like a weird minority. I know. Oh, that's strange. Yeah. But enough about me. Uh, stranger who's been talking to me, what is your favorite Keanu Reeves movie? So my name is Adam. If I had to pick a favorite Keanu Reeves movie... I do like The Matrix a lot, so I may say The Matrix, but I also have a special place for uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, I, I do I was, enjoy I was that hoping you would say that. I, I actually like the sequel a lot, just because it has all like the death scenes. But, I haven't um... seen the sequel, but I heard oh, it's man. okay. I mostly watched the first one one time. Um, I think we were on a cabin trip with my parents, uh, so the whole family watched it, and I was just like sitting like, boy, this is a really weird movie. Hmm then you are going to have a ton of fun with the sequel. Um, I, I don't know what its reputation is, but I think it's freaking hilarious. It just takes the concept and rolls even harder with it. So mm. we should do that sometime. We should check that out. That'd be fun. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Wait, who, are you th- who are you third person? Oh, shit. I, I have revealed myself to you. <laughs> like a fool. Means... Now you have to join our podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Zach, and my favorite Keanu Reeves movie... Uh, I think, like, my memory of The Matrix has been tarred for me, so I think I'm going to have to go with John Wick. John Wick? Ooh. That's a solid one. Ooh. Yeah. I it's actually... just a very well-executed movie, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, looks um, like I mean, it's like, going to get a good game, too. also really, really executed, but, like, the later movies kind of, in many ways, feel like it sort of wrecks the philosophical concept behind some of them. Um of the and matrix so, ret- so like retroactively the matrix feels like a worse movie because of its sequels hmm. yeah i could see that they kind of leaned into it more and was like nah that first one was pretty nice like self-contained i don't really know if you needed to explain or expand on it more i can enjoy the original without the sequels like changing it for me and admittedly the sequels do have like some very stellar special effects work like the the plot itself i i saw it before seeing the original matrix so i was very confused either way but like visually it's pretty cool they, the, that mm-hmm. scene with the ghost matrix guys is like just very interesting and i mm-hmm. think that's when they started using more juno reactor like for their soundtrack so i don't know it's okay it's okay yeah. whatever yeah. Yeah. i don't know yeah. i'm playing devil's avocado whatever hi everyone e3 happened it was exciting for people who like video games wouldn't you say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was very excited. I I can only imagine yeah. there were there were some pretty cool things happening this year. I have to I say. wanted I wanted a few things to get announced that did not get announced, and oh. so I left E three a little disappointed. Aww. Oh, well, you know, well, that's we'll what talk we're about. Here for. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about those things that we saw and maybe didn't see. Yeah, but how about we start with the thi- let's start with the things we did see and that we were excited by, or can at least talk about like concretely, and then in the end we'll talk about the things we wish we saw. Yeah. What? That sounds like a plan. Indeed, indeed. Oh. So 
let's start ourselves off. Um, fellow gamers, games were announced. Uh, mm-hmm. What games were announced um, that you were excited by, or at least interested in? And do you have any thoughts on those particular games that excited or interested you? We had lots of conferences between Microsoft, Bethesda, Square Enix, even even Nintendo did a thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's there's a lot. There's a lot, actually. Yeah, um, the, there, they, there were, they there were a bunch announce... of big showcases uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's yeah. let's start with Microsoft then. Who who here okay. saw a cool thing? Who here saw a cool thing from Microsoft that they were like, "Damn, good I stuff right there." Sh- I think we can all share an agreement that Elden Ring is probably going to be a cool thing. Is that kind of cool? Is that Microsoft specifically? I I thought it was going to be like on all consoles or what have you. Um, it isn't, but it was announced at Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, so I see. Uh, Microsoft had their their big conference first. Um, and when they, they showed off Elden Ring, which is the new uh, FromSoft game by Hidetaka Miyazaki. Uh, but kind of the big draw of this one is that um, Game of Thrones writer George R.R. R. Martin is also involved on this mm-hmm. one. I think he's more of a uh, consultant, world-building kind of writer instead of like a lead writer mm-hmm. in this case. Um, I remember it kind of got a little, it kind of got leaked beforehand, before the showcase. So I think people kind of knew going in that yeah, it was going yeah. to be shown off. So... So, in terms of roles and capacities for the game, you're very much right. Miyazaki is doing the story writing, the mm-hmm. like plot writing, whereas uh, Martin is writing the world, mm-hmm. basically just like basically making the lore book for the game. Yeah, it seems like a smart way to do it. Like, just because like game writing is very different from book writing, so mm-hmm. just having him do the thing that's closest to what he usually does might work out best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so they, they showed off what I think was like a 30-minute kind of cinematic or kind of mood trailer just to kind of show it off. Um, 30 minutes? I Huh? Are you sure? Oh, not 30 minutes. Sorry, 30 seconds. It was like a 30-second, okay. maybe a minute. Sorry. Oh, uh, 30 minutes would be a bit much. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if there was 30 minutes, we would see some gameplay, damn it. No, it was just that one cinematic of somebody hitting the, the, the ring over and over, hammering for 30 minutes. I, w- I would be hyped for about the first five minutes of that, and then I'd be a little mad about it. Like, mm, I, no, I, I, get... think, I think the trailer was cool. It doesn't tell me a lot, but it, it makes me excited as an announcement. You know what? You know, you know who would do a trailer of 30 minutes hmm. of the guy slamming it and slowly getting more cracked? Who? Hmm. Kojima. <laughs> uh, slide <laughs> tangent before... Uh, you mentioned Kojima. Did you guys see his 24-hour stream of Death Stranding where all it was for 24 hours was just hands appearing on a Twitch stream revealing more of the trailer till, surprise, the trailer's here. Like, What? That's, so, just, that's such I, a fucking Kojima thing to do. Can I Can I just say, I, I went on to that stream mm-hmm. and I looked at the hands for like 10, 15 seconds and then mm-hmm. I said, no, Kojima, please, no. And then I closed it. Well, you were a fool. That was a fun little trailer to watch. Uh, I, but Elden Ring was interesting. It, it was just kind of what I would assume was like... It kind of looks like Dark Souls' intro movie. Um, mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. kind of setting up the world. Uh, I believe it's supposed to have a pretty heavy Norse angle to it. I think that's kind of where they're drawing uh, inspiration. Or that's what I read from uh, one of the interviews. Yeah. And um, I, saw some, I saw some speculation that the game was going to be... I saw some speculation, so this is speculation. That mm. the game is going to be um, less depressing than Dark Souls is that it's not a story about a world that's constantly spiraling downwards and nothing can get done, mm-hmm. but a story of heroes and responsibility. 
Hmm. Uh, more of what it is. That'd be well, a pretty big change in tone uh, from his other ones, uh, or from Miyazaki's current games, for like the the Soul yeah, series. Yeah, I mean, I think the world is still going to be really harsh, but it's really going to be more about like carrying the weight of things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, you know, yeah, as and a I concept, think it, it's really exciting to me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's just just the the George R. R. Martin components, mm-hmm. um, but I I don't know. I I feel really I'm really excited for Elden Ring. Like it's it's two really good teams kind of coming together. It's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, it's hard to get excited for a 30-second trailer. I've been hurt before by yeah. such things. But I also, uh, it's coming from people I have faith in, you know? Like, I have faith in uh, in FromSoft, even if I don't love all their games. And I have relative faith in George R.R. now that his writing period is apparently done. Like, he's already done the work. It's not like, wait for him to finish. So, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like yeah. a good little thing to keep up with. I, I think I'd be interested to see if it... Um if it basically plays a lot like uh, Sekiro almost, because I'm wondering if they'll go more a Souls route or a Sekiro route. Sekiro being uh, open world, but also a lot more traversal. So they have they have stated that the game is going to be open world. Okay, okay, but that that like Dark Souls is open world. Like right, is it like um, traversing like like Sekiro at that pace, or is it more kind of slow uh, plotting along like Dark Souls? I guess they haven't shown that mm-hmm. part off. It's probably going to be a little, a little faster. I think they're. I think they already made their games that are really slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also think that uh, it seems like there's going to be like an open world map, or at least it kind of seems that way. That's more speculation, I suppose. But mm-hmm. um, it seems like it's going to be like you you travel to different places, sort of like choosing where you go and how you get there. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it looks cool. I I kind of agree with you. It's kind of hard to get a little excited for like a thirty second cinematic, but uh, I do like yeah. kind of the tone they're going for. I guess I'll. Just wait. I, to be honest, I wasn't super um, stoked on Sekiro. I, I kind of skipped that one, but I have seen people play it, so I'm curious to see kind of what their new game will be. Yeah, yeah. I I, I skipped out on Sekiro. Just to, too much. It just didn't seem like it would be working out for me. But so mm. Sekiro is like it's weird because it's such a directed narrative, which is something they tend not to do as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I I played like the first first level and a half maybe. Mm-hmm. and i just had a lot of problems with uh the mechanics of the game and so it's just like i didn't want to spend the time ramming my head against the wall and like in mm-hmm. at least in dark souls there's always been like the safety valve of just over level the shit out of yourself and then eventually you'll just clear <laughs> through everything yeah um, that's probably Sekiro's is probably a, a talk for an entire episode on, oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. at least like a mini or something but yeah uh so if i just say elder ring Pretty exciting. Looks cool. Um, did they give a release date or like a tentative? Like, I assume 2020. I do not see this coming out in 2019. I'm pretty damn sure they just said 2020. I think they said like April 2020 or like March. Fun fact, there's a really fun game you could play when you're watching any of these E3 streams. Uh, mm-hmm. Take a drink every time. It's just nebulous year instead of an exact release date. Is This will be here eventually. I'm like, all right, take that drink. Take that one. You'll be okay. gone in a minute. So for the rest of the podcast, if there's an opportunity for a new rule in the E3 drinking game, I want to get in on that. I, I want to <laughs> compile these rules together so that next year when I do E3, like, I'll have lots of alcohol and have a very good time. <laughs> so let's Did use mean, this as a, I as mean, a, working, a working example. That That's we, our design could, club for the week. We could... <laughs> Actually, wait. No, we wouldn't be able to do it. Um, no. So I was thinking just like, oh, yeah, I mean, over the weekend, we could just like over the E3 weekend, we could literally just like conspire to hang out together and then just <laughs> and then just have this game. I, I'm uh, going to put it together just while we're recording. So just don't worry. You know, we have a 
we have an entire year to figure this out and forget about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll have like a half-finished doc. Be like, oh, that thing we were gonna do. <laughs> oh, look! Three sentences and a cat picture. Can I, like, I remember the trailer for Fantasy Star Online 2 came up and I was just like, holy shit, are they making a new Fantasy Star game? And they're just like, oh, nope, no. we're just bringing the Japanese one to the States. And I'm so, like, that's disappointing. Fantasy Star, no, actually, it's more interesting that I think you realize is that um, mm-hmm. Fantasy Star Online 2 has been a game, uh, like a pretty popular MMO in Japan for the past couple of years. And I think they, uh, Sega kept saying for years and years, um, by the way, we, we've moved on to a new game. This is not related to Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. they, they kept saying for years, oh, we'll bring it over, we'll bring it over. And I think they tried a couple times, but it like just fell through. Um, uh, which is why I was incredibly shocked to see it, even see it at the Microsoft one. Um, it's coming as part of their Azure platform, I think. I think that's their cloud gaming platform. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it's really cool for people that are they're stoked. Um, uh, pretty exciting for that one. Uh, Zach, did you play Fantasy Star Online 2? Or you, you seem to have some prior, prior knowledge of it. I played Fantasy Star Online back when it was on some old school-ass consoles that, like, back when I was a kid. I think it was, mm-hmm. like, on original Xbox or, like, PS1 or PS2 or something. Yeah. Back when I did not think consoles could, could connect to the internet at all, and someone had to explain <laughs> it to me. Uh, but Fantasy Star Online 2 is going to be kind of weird, um, because they say they're bringing over all of the content, and that actually brings up, in my mind, two different kinds of problems. One is this game is multiply, like multiple years old. If you actually want to roll out all the content, are do you mean to tell me that you're going to like sequence it the same way? Like Some games, when they come out over here, it's like, Oh yeah, this came out, and then a year later, this event came out. Are they going to do the same thing? I would assume if they're going to roll out their content in a staggered format, um, they will probably do it on a much shorter timescale. It'll probably be like, we release it three months later, release the next thing. Three months later, (laughs) release the next thing. Um, And then the other part is, uh, as my buddy... Or, uh, actually, sorry, the other... Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, the The other way you do it is you just release literally everything all at once. But see, that doesn't quite work because I have, I have a couple of friends that are super into this game. And they told me that, like, they release the, these things as chapters. And there's something in later chapters that physically prevents you from doing the older ones. Like, it changes the entire world state. So, oh. I don't... And the other part that I see is a bunch of the stuff that Fantasy Star Online 2 does is collabs with other properties. Making this is like, wait a minute, are you guys going to redo all the collabs or just, just the base game? I don't know. I... I Kind of don't care about Fantasy Star Online 2. Uh, I was excited for the people who were. Um, I just... I, I don't think this is going to pull me in. Do you, either I'm, of you guys think you'll play it? I'm thrilled by it. I um, I played a lot of Fantasy oh Star Online when I was a little Dreamcast man. And I would be... I would love... <laughs> I would it. love... Oh, God. I'm Can I... Jerry's- Drew is now like a Dreamcast with legs and arms, and I imagine they're like spindly little. Can legs. I tell you? I made that Strong. comment thinking I was gonna get a no and a no from you both. I'm always surprised at the games that get Drew super excited. <laughs> See, I knew about Drew's they're, they're not Fantasy consistent Star, at all. So. Like, I, no, I'm not consistent I have... at all. Original, original fucking Fantasy Star Online was fucking dope, but much like me. Drew probably also didn't know that the games were fucking online, and so neither of us I, played it online. Like, here's the thing. I would play it with my brother, and we knew there was an online component, but we are, were also like, hooking up this Dreamcast to a wire is is hard, and we don't want to do that. Like, we didn't, we didn't know the yeah. benefit of playing it online. We just thought it was, like, an added word into the title, and we were just like, man, screw this. Like, we just played it, like, without any of it. 
Now I'm just imagining you guys like brute forcing raid bosses and like that, why can't you beat this? This game that's is so hard. What we did. That's what. Oh we did. my we god. Were too, we were too young no. to know they were raid bosses. No, not <laughs> so even. We tried not to even. solo raid bosses. It was amazing. I think the furthest <laughs> me and me or my brother ever got in that game was like the first like spaceship segment it seemed mm-hmm. like a like or like facility segment there was like oh, an outdoor yeah. wandering around and then there was like a spaceship interior segment mm-hmm. and that's about as far as we got because <laughs> okay. you can only that's go really so cool far section. playing that game solo we went well, all the way we went all well, the way we got I'm to wrong. the final boss we got we got Wait, the secret did you, the secret did final you, boss with what the, the secret fuck? ass ending you, it How was did great. You brute force the final boss with two people. Um, you know, when you're young, you don't know what impossible means, so you think you can do anything. How? And no, sometimes this, this was an online game designed to be played with like a. I like how big was the party size supposed to be in Fantasy Star Online? I I don't know. Probably like it was four like four or, or five, like right? It was like it, how did I you strike the fucking boss? I, I don't know. I just remember, like, if I if I did it today, I couldn't, right? Like, I wouldn't be able to do it today. But, like, we just mm-hmm, played right. through all the... We just played through all the side quests, like, offline. We, um... You know, like, we wouldn't get any of the balancing or any of, like, the, the new episodes they would release. We just had the vanilla mm-hmm. thing. And we were like, let's go! This is the, the game that we own, so it's obviously the best game to play right now. And... And because we kept dying and kept getting, like, loot, for us it was just like, oh man, this is sweet, let's, let's play it. So I'm really excited for Fantasy Star Online 2. I don't know how hooked I'll get, but I'll definitely check it out when it comes out, comes over to the US. Dang. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. That's it. That's yeah. it. Next well, game. That's I've, it. That's it. I've got another right. game that Drew will be excited for. Mm-hmm. Drew? Oh God. Here we go. Your boys, Ninja Theory, are doing a new game. Ooh! They're doing a new game called bleeding Ooh. edge did you Ooh. see this i did not i heard about it though tell me more adam so the e3 master so bleeding Ed- so ninja theory as people know they're the guys that did uh uns uns uh, enslaved or is unslaved enslaved journey of the west uh senua uh they did the dmc devil may cry reboot mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. they do action games and so they are making a uh action ro- uh battle royale game and it's kind of interesting. I think it's a battle royale game, or maybe it's more like a hero fighter kind of thing. Either way, uh, you are picking different characters and basically playing them like you would a character action game. Uh, mm. I think it's... I'm trying to remember how many it is. I think it was like 6v6 or something like that. Um, I, 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 I've i only seen the trailer. I don't remember seeing any gameplay of it. Uh, but it looked kind of cool. It, it had a very... It's a 4v4 melee game. 4v4. Thank you, Zach. Uh, it kind of had this neat aesthetic to it. Um... I was kind of hoping you had looked more into it, Drew, because I remember seeing the trailer and like, well, I bet Drew knows all about this, so I can turn my brain off while looking at this one. Uh, shoot, you know, I I have heard about it. It does sound very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I, I I have only myself to blame. I have only myself to blame for not checking it out. Yeah. Thank you for bringing uh, it to my attention. I'll fix so this Zach, immediately. I don't know if you're looking at it right now. Is it a battle royale or just a melee fighter? I think it's just a, an online melee fighter. So, the one thing about Bleeding Edge that kind of gets me is that it really reminds me of this game called Anarchy Reigns that came out from Platinum a while back. And that was a similar thing where it was a massive, uh, it wasn't an MMO, but it was an online battle arena where you're picking out different heroes, they have different skills, and um, it was basically playing like a Platinum game, but online. That's what I think Bleeding Edge is going for, except more of a team component. Uh, Anarchy Reigns was, I believe, 
mostly a solo, but there were like team deathmatch stuff like that. Um, yeah, and this one's also more colorful. Yeah, it's definitely got the like the Ninja Theory art like flair to it. Uh, yes. Anarchy Reigns was going more for a gritty like gunmetal look kind of deal. Yeah, it had a much more gunmetal look. Whereas this has got much more. Uh, the other one is aesthetically speaking is very bright, very colorful. It kind of reminds me of a uh, of Rage or something like that. Like some of the new yeah. trailers for Rage, yeah, 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 like yeah. Rage Two. Hmm. Um, but it looks oh, kind of cool. Is, is it going like? Because I honestly don't really like the aesthetic of Rage Two. I feel like it's kind of like taking that Fortnite fun, colorful apocalypse stuff everywhere and. I don't know. I it feels a little overplayed to me. Bleeding it's... Bleeding Edge is very much in a like slightly more grounded Fortnite vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I'll give it See, a look for sure. Better. I'll give it a look yeah. for sure. Yeah. They or like were, a they slightly more by gritty. Microsoft, right? Like that's that's the big stu- the big story there is like they're not independent anymore. Like they are part of the the conglomerates of Microsoft. Oh, are they? I, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, they were bought up pretty recently, I believe. Oh. Yeah. Seems well, like cool. the independent thing didn't work out for them, but it happens. Yeah. That that makes sense. I'm glad um, they're alive. <laughs> uh, let's see. Other games. Uh, this one I thought maybe Zach would be able to illuminate us on. Uh, Zach, did you see anything of Outer Worlds or something like that? Outer Worlds. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The new, so, uh, so that's the new game by the guys at Obsidian who made yep. uh, Fallout New Vegas. Uh, Zach, what, what is this game? Uh, this game is Fallout. This game is like old school fallout but in a modern setting like mm. so not like a modern setting but like with modern game design principles added to it it's basically that's what they're aiming for with the game gotcha um i haven't seen a lot about the outer worlds i think it's it's kind of uh they're being a little bit guarded with it but it also is going to come out this year so it seems like it's going to be like it's going to function mechanically a lot like a fallout new vegas but it's mm-hmm. going to be set in outer space and I think they're going to try for more of, like, the original Obsidian, like, original sort of Fallout vibe in terms mm-hmm. of uh, what you can do and how you can interact with the world. Kind of a little um, bit more. Because they, did, because they did a little bit of that in New Vegas. And I imagine they're, they're like, itching to get some real wacky shit going on mm-hmm. in, uh, in the Outer Worlds. Well, of the Fallout ones, I always hear people talk about New Vegas as, like, if this is the one we want another one of. Um, so, I, you know... It, it was interesting to see how much hype people had for, hey, here's this new Obsidian game. Uh, but you're right, they haven't kind of kind of guarded with it. At least I haven't seen much of it. Um, also, the Outer Worlds looks like, a, honestly, it looks like Fallout in space. It does. It has kind of the, um, oh, there's a name for it. But it's kind of kind of got like a, it, it, it reminds me a lot of like 1950s like space adventures kind of thing. This is exactly what I was going to say. I don't know, like, there's a word for it that it's escaping me, but that yeah. kind of vibe, it's kind of got a, it looks like a kind of like a Flash Gordon kind of thing, um, which I thought was neat. So yeah, that should be coming out uh, sometime this year. I don't know when. Think you'll play that one, Zach? I, I think you um, liked New Vegas. I I did not actually play New Vegas. Because <gasps> I, I played Whoa. Fallout 3 as my introduction to the Fallout games, and I I, like, got to the end of it. I got to the end of, like, the main story quest and was mm-hmm. like, I liked Skyrim. Fallout 3 kind of sucked. <laughs> um, like, I I just felt that the world in Fallout 3 was just so bland and fucking boring. That you're like, um, no, I'm good. Everything felt fucking washed out. Like, apocalypses, like, apocalypses that are just full of ruins and rubble literally every fucking everywhere just bore the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's what exactly what happened when I played Fallout 4. So I got Fallout 4, I played like a couple of hours of it, and then just went like, this is boring. <laughs> well, um, I'm hoping the Outer Worlds will be a bit more uh, yeah, interesting like, with this one. As I, far I, as I, I can tell, the Outer Worlds, A, it's in space, so it's going to have better fucking environments. And then B, I mean, hey, it seems like they're going for wacky, and I'm down for wacky. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Uh, let's see, what else? what else is there? Um... I guess one of the really big ones that came out of Microsoft was that they were showing off uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, that, that seemed, yes. That's a big one. Oh, that yes. seemed to be Microsoft's uh, big, big to-do. And I think this is, uh, this will probably be the last, I, I want to say this is probably like the maybe the second to last big trailer we'll see for it. Because it comes out April 16th. Uh, oh yeah, it's coming. So, it's coming soon. Yeah. Well, it's so, coming in like a little under a year. Yeah. Uh, so they showed off a cinematic trailer. Um, uh, and it's actually interesting. If you've watched all the gameplay, uh, it's actually told a continuous story so far. Uh, they showed off like a 49-minute demo of one of the early missions where you, playing as V, help uh, your buddy, you and Jackie go to get this chip for a mob boss kind of deal. And that whole gameplay demo shows that trailer. I think this shows the aftermath of that trailer. Uh, yep. But what's interesting is this, this seems like a different outcome than what they got in the demo, which, you know, kind of leads into the, hey, we're going for multiple routes. Uh, but the big, the big surprise most people remember was that, oh man, Keanu Reeves is playing Johnny Silverhand in uh, yeah. Cyberpunk 2077. Do you know, do you know who Johnny Silverhand is? I am slightly familiar with him. Uh, my buddy Conrad told me that he is a, he's like a musician or something in, in the world of Cyberpunk. Who was supposed to be dead by in, 2050. So, in Cyberpunk 2020, the role-playing game system, uh -huh. Johnny Silverhands... They, so, they listed all the character classes, or sort of mm -hmm. like the rough character classes in the game. And one of one of the character classes... And each of the character classes is represented by, like, a named character who exists in the setting. Mm -hmm. And Johnny Silverhands is the epitome of one particular character class. Ah, okay. Um, Which, uh, do you remember that? Um, I only remember Netrunner or something like that. <laughs> I forget, but it's basically the entertainer or musician class. Oh, guitar. gotcha. Uh huh. Um. So and so Johnny Silverhands. In addition to that, they actually put out a splat book, a like a supplement, um, for the game system that is all about Johnny Silverhands and his girlfriend. Hmm. Um. And so that's in Cyberpunk 2020. This is 2077. Yeah. Uh, the way I heard it is that he's supposed to be dead as of like 2050 so how the hell is he showing up in 2077 uh it looked kind of like he might have been a hologram or something but uh, he's not uh i actually know the answer to that question oh is he not dead in 2050 or something oh no he's dead he's just a computer ghost oh uh, okay well like i said in the trailer he he's he's not physically there he's a hologram kind of thing if he's a computer ghost that makes sense yeah uh, so i but, i didn't uh, know that cyberpunk was based off of a board game i thought it was just cd project red of, being super cool it is <laughs> is based off of a role-playing game system that was made back in like the 80s and the 90s mm -hmm. oh my god um, I it, which play is that. great because I if you so bad. <laughs> if if you go into cyberpunk 2020 and it, it seems like a fairly decent system but there's a interesting element of it that um has roundly come to, under criticism in modern times because it was made in the 90s um like uh yeah you you just have to read it but it, it is, ends is up being it, rather it, it, it has problematical opinions is, that is did it a not problematic age well. mechanic oh i see it's it's it so sounds the humanity like... mechanic in the game is interesting oh. 
so the oh, I, I know about this one. Yeah, is is so in twenty twenty in Cyberpunk twenty twenty the humanity mechanic is tied to your augmentation, uh... um, but that includes things. So for instance, for example, one of the things this includes because this was a game made in the nineties. Um, so having a sex change is effectively a way of of doing an augmentation, aka mm. lowering your humanity score. Oh, uh, I see. So nice. that is. You know what? I'll be honest. Uh, this is in the '90s. I-, I can see it making sense back then, but I agree with Zach. In today's sensibility, nah. <laughs> it also, it also, it's it has it's basically just anti-transhumanist in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that replacing limbs with robot limbs is seen as a bad thing that you're like losing your humanity because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other there's other th- there's other systems in the game that are used to compensate it, but we'll see how Cyberpunk 2020 actually 2077 now. Um, actually implement or if they even implement the humanity system in which yeah. you like lose your fucking moral character the more you augment that, that'd be kind of mm. interesting they i know they have the original uh game developer uh the guy who put together the rule book uh yeah helping with that so it'll be interesting uh cyberpunk 2077 comes out april 16th uh i still like the whole uh <laughs> i think i've seen wake up samurai <laughs> We got a city to burn, like mo- most everywhere. I kind of love that line. Boy, my world has been filled with very different imageries. With me, it's uh, just it's just Keanu Reeves saying that you're breathtaking. That was the big yeah. takeaway. From uh, that let show me tell you this: I, I have I have one thing. We'll I mean, move on to the next game. You uh, are breathtaking, Drew. Thank you, Aww. Zach. You're breathtaking well, as well. Uh, I will say one quick story. We'll move on to the next game. Uh, I saw this this stream um, the same day that I went to go see John Wick 3. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing, and it was like, boy, that's a lot of Keanu Reeves. Boy, Keanu yeah. Reeves is a cool guy. And then I sit down to watch my Cyberpunk 2077 stream, <laughs> and there's Keanu Reeves like, oh my god, what's happening? He's <laughs> following me. I don't think it was announced at E3, but they're doing a John Wick game. It's uh, it's being made by Mike Bithell, the uh, mm-hmm. the guy who did uh, Thomas Was Alone and Volume. Like the he's he's what? a very yeah he's he's like a very much an indie developer, but they brought him on to make the John Wick game, and it's like this weird kind of like real time top down strategy thing. It looks really interesting. I'm really yeah, excited. I, to see I, I well, I'm glad. One. You know what? You know what? I'm actually 100% down for tying games being made by indie devs and just be like, indie dev, do something weird. <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. Like, instead of making something that's terrible, like, from some, like, you know, you know, like, just, like, by the numbers kind of formula, mm-hmm. like, they're, yeah. like, legitimately sitting down saying, we know how to make games that are good on a small budget, and we know how to make them interesting, which will be good for you, and if it's bad, no one cares anyway because it's a tie-in game. So just give oh, me money so I don't die. I love the paradigm. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense. Well, this is a good segue, because speaking of indie games, uh, I had two indie games that I thought were really cool on the Microsoft one. There are certainly a lot more. That uh, actually, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie, those games sold the fucking Microsoft conference. Like, I wasn't oh. as excited as you guys were about Cyberpunk, and then Elden Ring was literally a 30-second trailer, so, like, these mm-hmm. two indie games were just, like, the best parts of that fucking conference. So, the two the two we're talking about is, one is uh, Spiritfarer, and this is by uh, Thunder Lotus Studio. Thunder Lotus Studio recently put out a game uh, called Sundered, which was, like, a crazy, over-the-top action uh, Eldritch Metroidvania one. Uh, Spiritfarer could not be further than that. Spiritfarer appears to be about you... Uh, captaining captaining a boat as you uh spirit or fairy spirits to wherever they need to go the, the trailer was pretty pretty short 
Um, but it showed this young girl kind of caring for all these spirits uh, in her care. And and one part, she leads this deer spirit to where uh, she needs to go. And it seems like enveloped in light. So I, I kind of get this sense that you're kind of taking people to the other side as they as they need to. But uh, it looked really yeah. cute. I, I thought it looked I, good. You know, with this game and not as much with Way of the Woods. Way of the Woods is inspired very differently. But Spiritfarer falls in this category of like indie devs that were very clearly inspired by... Uh, uh, by Miyazaki mm-hmm. um, and by Studio Ghibli, like it fits right in there, and I'm like, oh, this is this is cool, like more Miyazaki shit. I'm down. It it's a very delightful little trailer. I I, I am looking forward to that game. Uh, but I I kept laughing to myself because I was looking at their other game, Sundered, and I was like, boy, what a what a mood whiplash. <laughs> yeah, what what a tone shift. Um, and then Way to the Woods is another indie game, and I don't believe they've they've made anything before but i i can't remember um and you're playing as a would look like a father and son or father and daughter kind of thing might not even be a father but it's these two deers uh as you're kind of guiding the baby deer through this really kind of weird spirity uh oh, right. wilderness uh and the big thing is the the deer that you're playing as can use their antlers to pull light in and redirect it so it's got this very like the miracle of nature kind of vibe to it um, is this by is this by the people who also made flower and journey i don't believe so i think it's a indie i do i think it's a japanese studio but i believe it's an indie like this is their first time making stuff it's not that game company okay okay yeah it's not that game company uh um i'll tell you this it's another as a company. major praise to them that mm-hmm. it it looks a lot like their like that game company uh and that game company games are usually quite good so yeah but i also i just know that they, they also made a, a uh announcement they're doing a game as well it's just mm. i don't see it but yeah no way to the woods looks really interesting um to be honest the one thing i remember most about that trailer is the uh the buck just like doing a dumb ragdoll <laughs> yeah remember that it just like i forget it like slammed up next to something and then just ragdolled <laughs> i was like okay well because it, it headbutts a vending machine um they just, right? like like flops over and like you all right you all right there buddy yeah and then he just kind of like scrambles back up and i'm just like well at least I'm yeah not. okay um and it probably the the last thing that we'll talk about for microsoft uh was they finally announced their next gen console which was project scarlet um mm, i don't cool. know if you guys watch project scarlet uh basically project scarlet is their next gen uh, system? It is, you know, got an SSD driven. Uh, uh, wow, I can't talk. So hardware configuration. It's going to be using ray tracing for audio. Uh, it's supposed to be much better at streaming games. Uh, a lot of the same stuff that we've heard for Sony's PS5. Uh, so this is kind of that same thing of hey, these two are going to be competing in very similar ways. We're moving on to the next generation is what you're saying. Yeah, okay, so... The tides are changing. Here's probably what's important to me, and this is why it's important about which games are getting released for who in terms of Microsoft and Sony. Mm -hmm. Like, the the console with the better games is going to be the console I buy. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I've got a good segue for you, Zach, and maybe this will be there. Project Mm -hmm. Scarlet, uh, it's big to kind of get people even more hyped is that Halo Infinite was also finally shown off alongside Project Scarlet. So Project Hooray. Scarlet, uh, as, as Zach correctly says, you know, these two consoles will be uh, very similar from what we know with the PS5 and this one. 
So maybe it'll come down to exclusives, and Microsoft is banking on Halo Infinite. Um, having watched the Halo Infinite trailer, I have no idea what this game is. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this game's gonna do. That's my problem with it. Like, I I hope Halo Infinite is fucking baller and cool, but you really need to show me a trailer that this game is gonna be baller and cool. Not I. I... I think mm-hmm. I know what Microsoft is doing. They're trying to like take a big, well-established franchise, kind of re rewind time with it a little bit. For for those who haven't seen the trailer, it seems like we're kind of ignoring the four and five, where the Halo lore kind of took a big turn into this forerunner space technology thing that kind of went a little off the rails and it mm-hmm. it kind of looks like they're saying we're not doing that anymore we're going back to the look and feel of the original trilogy you'll like that maybe and it looks cool it looks cool i i don't know microsoft's been doing a lot of good stuff with indies lately so like my, my plan is to just buy a switch and not care but you know if they keep if they keep up good behavior i might already one step ahead of you on that one mm-hmm. <laughs> um, i know you have one i know you have one I I, I haven't gotten yeah. my Metroid Four yet. They haven't done yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, that that's pretty much uh, unless we have more to say on Halo Infinite. Like I said, it was just a it was a cinematic one. Uh, that's pretty much all Microsoft showed off. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess we'll move on to the next conference, which was yep. Beth- Bethesda. Bethesda, uh, hooray! Bethesda. So I think this one will probably go a bit quicker because I'm a little less familiar with exactly what they showed off this one. Um, they uh, showed off yeah. a game called Ghostwire Tokyo, which is by uh, Shinji Mikami and his team, they're the guys that made uh, The Evil Within, if anybody knows that one. Um, it was a See, very, I know very, very weird... little about this studio. I just remember that the, like, the junior lead developer is a delight. And it, yeah. the game seemed cool. <laughs> like, those are two it it, it seems I cool. I just don't know what the hell it is. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Bethesda shut off Ghostwire Tokyo. Whatever that is, we'll probably see more of that. Um, this one is for Drew. Hello. This is Arcane Studios' new game, Deathloop. Oh, yeah. Deathloop had a fucking amazing fucking trailer. It looks very cool. I'm I'm interested to see... So my understanding is it's like a time travel narrative, right? Like, it's it's two characters that seem to not like each other, and they're in some kind of infinite war murdering one another. And that that's my understanding so far. It looks like it looks like an arcane game. It looks like they're going to be drawing from their usual artistic influences, but also moving a little... Taking on a world that looks more technologically advanced than Dishonored, which was very much like, you know, magic and mystery and that kind of thing. So I'm excited. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy that studio is still working and still making good stuff because they've made a lot of stuff that I've really liked. And a lot yeah. of the times that usually kills the studio. So I'm glad they haven't been affected by my ears. <laughs> when, when, when studios make things that Drew likes, it kills the studio. Oh, they um, don't. Did you, wait, Drew, did you kill the Sonic games? No comments. You murder. <laughs> murder. I actually watched somebody doing... Uh, like a let's play series on sonic 2006 oh is this is this is this Playframe? this is Playframe. yes oh dude i've been watching that it's it's so it's okay there's a combination of like the thumbnail and the picture of dan just very disappointed <laughs> uh, like like, like we, we'll, we'll talk about it later but like yeah, i yeah. it for those who like that kind of thing it's a great example of why 06 is hated and yet endearingly beloved i guess <laughs> uh, 
goodness. Uh, um, Doom Eternal. So, Doom Eternal, y'all. Doom Looks it- sick as hell. Uh, ha! Good, good lead-in. Yeah. Yeah, sick yeah. as hell. Uh, 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 so I'm not really... I didn't play the new Doom. I don't really know too much about it. Um, but I have friends that have played the new Doom. Uh, and this is a sequel of that. And they are... It, it looks really cool. It actually looks... You know what I found really interesting about the new Doom? Um, and apparently Doom Eternal is going more for a Metroid Prime vibe. Where you're kind of yes. like exploring a big map and looking around. And it's like... That's a weird take for this game, but okay, I'm down. That'd be a lot of downtime in a game that... Or, I mean, that's... Okay, so the, the the complaint I heard about the original Doom, like the... Sorry, the, the last Doom that they put out. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. Um, was it's that confusing. it was just... Was was that uh, it was just all action all the time and it would tire you out? So I can imagine, mm-hmm. like, adding Metroid-style um, exploration elements to the game. Kind of slow it would, down. Yeah, well, not slow it down necessarily, but give you like a break in the pacing. Oh, yeah. I guess that, 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 so yeah, slow it down. I, that's I kind of what I'm more mean. Not like the action's not because if you watch the action from like the trailers, it, it's you're, this guy's zipping all over the place. You have like air dashes yeah. for God's sake. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think having if they are going for an exploration route, um, having those kind of moments of hey, I I don't need to be fighting all the time. Um, I think it looked kind of cool. I don't know if I'll pick it up, but I'd be interested to see how it goes. Uh, I'm just excited because Mick Gordon, the guy that made the music for Killer Instinct and the last uh, Doom game, is back to make even more amazing music. So pretty excited for at least the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. I like just visually like you can tell they're like pushing the technology really hard like that thing. I know it's like gory and that's not everyone's, you know, they don't want that all the time. But like it it's a hell of a looker of a game like i mm. i it's I just, pretty yes uh, i just think it looks beautiful like i i would pick it up if only for that reason just to see what they're shelling out with it gotcha uh next one is i, I put it here because i know we kind of talk about it every once in a while uh fallout 76 is getting some updates so can i just fallout 76 updates and i'm sure me and drew have seen the same source that made this original comment but Fallout 76 is now going to have things that Fallout games have. <laughs> NPCs. Game changer. I honestly, is, yeah. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about what I think were some very obvious plants in the Bethesda crowd because that was too much cheering for what was otherwise yeah, nothing. Actually, yeah. Let's take a minute to to talk about this. Bethesda's stream um, had a moment where there's just this dude yelling every announcement, and I don't know if he. He feels like he might be a plant or just some really obnoxious dude. But like there's you can watch super cuts of this guy just yelling and it's like every other word. Like, I'm yeah, kinda it, sub- is, it, it is. It is super frustrating when it was when you were watching it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. I like there was just overall there was like too much cheering going on for the shit in Fallout 76 because I'm like, why are you all so excited about this game adding elements that were part of previous games? Yeah, like, it's putting things back in and it's just. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what I know, the Fallout 76 ones, and Sonic will move, we'll move on because I don't really have much to say on this, is they are getting NPCs and new quest lines, but also a Battle Royale mode. And a, Oh, right, the Battle Royale mode. And apparently yeah. there's some item, uh, I think called the Frog's Legs, in battle in the Battle Royale mode that is completely busting this thing. So good job, Bethesda. <sighs> um, the gift that next game given. is, do, do either of you guys play Commander Keen? Were you I did not. That? I, okay. I heard people that are really excited about it. I also hear this game is going to be kind of a bad mobile game. So, 
So there's a new Commander Keen game uh, that got announced. I have really no strong attachment to Commander Keen, but I put it here on the dock just in case you guys were. Just in case uh, somebody did. <laughs> yeah. I, I always want to make make sure it's like, I don't know, what if what if Drew randomly is like, oh, I love Commander Keen. That was my childhood. Yeah, that's true. It's you my know what? fucking favorite game ever. You know oh what? I, you, you know what I do have something to say about though. Mm. It's a different game, but uh, ESO, which is a game I've thought about playing, is getting a new update, and that's cool, I guess. Is that the Elsewhere? It's gonna be. One? Yeah, it's gonna be an Elsewhere. There's gonna be cats. Meow. Meow. <laughs> will Will the Khajiits have wares if you have coin? Uh, oh my god. What's uh, this? What's this other one? This other one right here. This Orion business. So, uh, Orion, I wanted to talk about and bring up because uh, it's a bit of a trend, and we have a question later about trends and stuff. So we'll maybe we'll go into that a bit. Orion is a game engine uh, software component that the way Bethesda is selling it is any game can put uh, Orion as a uh, feature in their game, and it will help with how the game is computing uh frames and rendering uh how it's streaming and effectively the way they say is that you could put orion into any game and it will then be able to stream more effectively um and game streaming was kind of a big deal at e3 this year uh Mm -hmm. yep you know i i think you know orion was was a software bit uh microsoft has their gamer pass thing which hey you can stream to anywhere um and then you know the other thing that that uh, we had we didn't really talk about was Google Stadia a while back got announced, and that's also a big gaming sta- uh, game streaming service. Uh, Project Scarlet is being set up as something that will uh, use this gaming uh, streaming service even more. Um, so Orion is Bethesda's software approach to to kind of a- engaging that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm... very interesting. I'm I'm always okay. I am always wary about new tech because mm-hmm. I'm always like. Let's see if it's useful. Let's see if people want to use this first, and then I'll uh, and then I'm I'm down for it. Like I'm not I'm not a tech investor, so I can be cautious about this stuff. Well, so it seems to me more like a software engine. You know, like you'd put Havoc or uh, Umbra in your yeah in your yeah, game. yeah yeah yeah. I think that's what this is. But as somebody pointed out, this is a software approach to trying to fix an infrastructure problem. Like yeah. North America doesn't really have the best like coverage like for network infrastructure kind of deal yeah so uh, that's we are we are a much bigger country than some of the like you know japan south korea are always having these amazing internet uh networks well, like like we we did the orders bigger testing. like we, we we laid the lines like we laid the lines early on and then other other countries when they were implementing their systems like got to learn from our mistakes so mm. they got to have like newer better technology uh, yeah. Once we went ahead and like put our stuff down, yeah. So, well, we so, also yeah. again the other problem is that we do have a much a physically speaking, our country is much much larger than yeah. a lot of other countries. So, so it's a lot harder to get better infrastructure. That that's why I'm saying it's interesting to see a software approach to what many consider to be an infrastructure problem, and I don't yeah. know how this is really going to affect it. Uh, certainly, we'll need to see more of it. Uh, but who knows? It's a big question mark. You know what else is yeah. a, a big question mark? What? What the fuck is Elder Scrolls Six? It's gonna be in Hammerfell, probably. Another yeah, I, I know, know, but I like, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. I want to know. Here's the thing. Can't. I think they just said like a one-liner to be like, "All right, guys, it's coming." Because I didn't see yeah. a trailer. I didn't see. Yeah, they didn't. Like, they didn't do anything. It was just like, "Hey, guys, this is happening." Like, they okay. they said like, "Yeah." They basically just mentioned that they were still working on Elder Scrolls Six, and I'm like, "Okay, cool." 
Hmm. I wonder why okay. they're taking so long with it. Just because it, I would imagine it would be like the highest priority for them right now, just to like keep people invested, given like all the ill will they've earned over the past couple years. Can I give you an uh, an idea? It may sure. be to try to fix Fallout seventy six and salvage that property first before. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm willing uh, to bet that they threw a ton of resources off of Elder Scroll off of Elder Scroll six and put it on seventy six, mm-hmm. um, which makes me sad because yeah. i don't care about fallout properties and i care about elder scrolls properties so mm. but that's just me as a fan of particular properties mm. zach has no bias here all right this is a fair and e- even approach of <laughs> all i'm saying i don't like fallout you games, i do like you all i'm saying mm. is that fallout games are boring as hell i know uh so the next conference was ubisoft i only listed like three things because i, I didn't watch it i don't really know what hey do. you know what you know mm. what? All of those fucking Tom Clancy games deserve your respect. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to talk about the conglomerate of Tom Clancy games. So here comes the division. Uh, look, it's the division oh two. I have now given it is obligatory oh, podcast time. Man. Yeah, here we go. We gave it its time. Now put it is back it... in the shelf and never think about it again. Wait, is it I have friends like who... DLC I actually... or something? I'm not going to yeah, lie. I, I, have friends that... yeah. I have friends that fucking love Rainbow Six, mm-hmm. but like, I don't care. uh what i do care about is the elderly and the elderly beating the shit out of people and that's what i saw Mm. in watchdogs legion watchdogs legions is gonna be like i hope i hope it's as good as they're hyping it to be it probably won't be as good as they're hyping it to be but it's like they're like you could recruit anyone in the city and i'm like fuck yes (laughs) that's the that's the neat thing and i thought that was so cool because they're like you can jump into any npc twitch it was like Wow, that's going to be a lot of overlapping, but that's kind of cool that like any NPC could be uh, and you know, your main character. It's it's probably the cl- the best I've ever seen a video game implement essentially an anarchist system. Um, I'm not even like it's very hard to implement that in the real world. I'm surprised. Like it's it's interesting that they've implemented it quite well in uh, in in a video game, mm-hmm. and it's also like it's really interesting because of like. It's just so different from how you would expect a game like this to work. Like, even in games where you recruit people, it's not like you could grab literally any bozo off the street and you're in my squad now, bud. Yeah. Like, and that is such a wild and interesting concept. Like, I kind of love it. I think the only game I know that has had more people to recruit was a game called Suicoden. I think it's Suicoden. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Suicoden 1 or 2 that had 102 different characters you could recruit oh, on the shit. battlefield. It's 100 plus. I actually don't know the official number. Um... But Watch Dogs Legion is supposed to be taking place in a post-Brexit UK where right. shit didn't go well. And I remember sitting there reading that headline like, Are you, this is a this is a prof, uh, prophetical game, isn't it? You're telling me how this is probably <laughs> going to go prophet- down. Yeah, there's Not some prophecy you. involved with this. We are we are looking over our scrying, scrying uh, orbs <laughs> in order to get this information. I mean, and it makes sense that Ubisoft would be harshly critical of a Brexit. They are a French company. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. So it's like, yeah, that you Ubisoft, out of all the people I'd expect to tackle this, this makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's actually going to be pretty great if you get any, like... Uh... If you get any, like, Brits that, like, look at this game, give it a side eye, just being like, mm-hmm, this is what you think our country's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next game that I listed that I thought was kind of cool was Gods and Monsters. Uh, think Greek mythology meets Breath of the Wild. Well, and exciting. boy, howdy. Let me tell you, from that trailer, that could not be trying to be Breath of the Wild harder if, if it yep. went over to Nintendo's house and said, hey, can I borrow this for a second? I'm like, okay, but you better bring it back exactly as you found it. Yeah, so um, 
my opinion on gods and monsters is that looks really cool but breath of the wild sequel is coming out around the same time so i'll probably mm, just buy that mm. <laughs> it does look pretty dope um i think it could be cool i would need to see more of it um but it, it's you know i fucking adore breath of the wild so it's interesting to see other games try to do that that similar style uh i think they only showed off a cinematic and i don't remember seeing too much of that one uh and then the last thing i listed and i thought this would be this is kind of just more interesting tidbit is assassin's creed odyssey is getting a quest maker mode mm. uh you know that's cool that's cool i um you know, Assassin's Creed Odyssey seems so interesting, but it has the same problem of it's an Assassin's Creed game that is going to just eat up my entire soul, and I don't really want that. So, yeah. Cool. I think the the one thing for Odyssey that kind of strikes me is Ubisoft must really think they've hit it out of the ballpark with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and it sounds like from fan reaction that they kind of have, uh, because this mm. thing is getting so much support, there's just so much they're doing with it, and I would be really mm. surprised if they didn't continue this as the trend for the future Assassin's Creed games. But either yeah. way, it was kind of a neat little tidbit. I thought, wow, that's not something I expected to see from Assassin's Creed, but... Yeah, and you know what? If I played Assassin's Creed games, I'd fucking love it. I also realized I listed this as AS, which would be uh, Assassin's Creed. Wait, and that's mm. wrong. Although you? you are... Wait, no, you are very close to the proper one. Let me Let me just... Ah, uh, yes, Ask Creed. I've, I've corrected it on the dock. <laughs> we have fun here. All right. Um, can we move on to that there Square Enix? That there, Square that Enix. Square Enix. I have, Enix. I have some fun things to say. So let's start with um, their big their big hitter for this, this conference. Their big thing was, hey, guys, Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, coming out this year. Oh, sorry, next year. March yeah. 3rd, 2020. To which I'm I said, that's some bullshit. That, there should be at least 10 more years added onto that. Yeah. Well, it turns out they're only releasing the first third of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, correction to you, Zach. Oh, no. So, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is such a massive game, uh, and it is apparently being broken up into parts as like episodes. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Episode One covers the entire game uh, in Midgar, up to when they first leave Midgar, I believe. This okay. is episode one. And originally no. they had said there would be three episodes. In a recent okay. interview, when asked, hey, are you still doing the episodic thing or how many episodes? They said, well, we're actually not sure how many episodes this is going to be anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> Which, um... Adam. Adam. <laughs> I, I don't, I honestly don't... I have some hot takes. Well, not hot takes. I have some feelings on FF7 Remake. Uh, yeah. I like that they showed off the gameplay. The gameplay was almost exactly what I thought it was going to be from all of the pictures they showed off. It I is... keep, mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's an upgraded version of Final Fantasy XV's gameplay. It's actually, it, to me, it looks okay. more like Fifteen and Kingdom Hearts 3 kind of mashed together. So the way it works okay. is you have your basic attack that you can always do, and that's your buster sword slash um yeah 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 and that does minimal damage the re what you're really doing is building up your at bar to then start doing skill attacks and that's where you get your big damage and you need to be uh and actually from the demo i, I saw the demo footage it looks like you actually do need to be pretty strategic in where you use these things and what you do which is okay i think really cool i think it's a very interesting system they have a system of you can swap between all of your characters and so it's like uh, hey, Cloud has this ability. I'm going to use this. Okay, now I'm going to switch over to right. Barrett to do th to do this follow-up move. 
okay, now I'll combo with Tifa to do this. So apparently they have a turn-based mode too, which is nice. They do. I but I feel like that's gonna be like FF15, and I don't. I never played wait mode in 15, so I don't know how that plays. Yeah, I don't know how it plays either. I also never played wait mode, and that game, like. I'm worried that the combat is going to be as clunky as Final Fantasy XV's mm-hmm. combat is, and that that got that's got me concerned. I I'm a little bit more optimistic, and here's why. Uh, one of the things I found out recently was that FF15 uh, fixed a problem that I had with its original run with one of its updates, where I was like, "Hey, you can't use all your skills, and that means you're very limited in what strategy you can do." Um, and what they did was they made it so. Once each character had their episode, their own episode, you could now freely switch to every character on the fly and use all of their skills and actually be more strategic with what when you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be what they're doing in FF7 Remake. So I'm a little more hopeful that they'll kind of, mm-hmm. that'll be a bit more focused. But I do agree. I really hope that camera is not like flying all over the place. Like, oh, no. Like Please. it was in original 15. Oh, God. 15 was madness in terms of that fucking, like, even, even after they like fixed it i'd have problems every indoor scene in 15 is just a mess because you're just like where am i you you um, really need to rope that camera down and be like yeah you, you look do. here this is why you're supposed to play wait mode um the other thing in fifth final fantasy 7 that i was paying attention to um was in the last trailer and this is this is now because like i actually follow my tumblers and twitters and i follow a bunch of i guess i have a particular circle that i follow um after the original, after the trailer, they had a previous trailer for Final Fantasy VII, and everybody was like, wait, where's Tifa? And mm-hmm. I was like, they're probably going to show it here. And then they showed they showed it here, and I was like, hey, it's Tifa! And I got really excited. I was like, cool, it's Tifa. I didn't ever play Final Fantasy VII, but cool, it's a character I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was nice. Yeah. She I, showed up. <laughs> I, I like, I've so far liked all the new character designs. Um, I think... For me, my one worry... Yeah, they're actually really well done. I, I really like the, the new character design. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind you, again, I have not played Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> so my opinions are weird regarding this, but... Drew, did you play FF7? Did, do you have any feelings on Remake, or is it more like a, hey, that's a thing that's happening? So, I I really do want to play Seven just because I've heard a lot of good things. It's uh, Obviously, it's been referenced in a ton of games that I have played. My grandest exposure to Seven was Advent Children, watching that as a kid, thinking the CG was very cool. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I, I think the narrative is garbage, but it at least looks visually very interesting. <gasps> How dare you. Yeah, Advent, Advent <laughs> Children is a hot mess in terms of like narrative. I don't remember the narrative. How, I just remember the, like, I just remember like, look at all these characters in their cool outfits doing cool stuff. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I think Final Fantasy VII Advent Children for me was just like AMV fodder. Like it, it was yes. the, the, the greatest the greatest means of creating anime hype in YouTube format during that nice age when those videos were very popular. <laughs> Spiced with a little bit of Naruto. Uh, if I had a dollar for every uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Linkin Park AMV, I'd be a very rich Yes! Man. It was always Linkin <laughs> Park. Of course, of course it was. Lincoln Park. <laughs> My last feeling on FF7 Remake, and this is a, a worry, but I really need to see how the first episode goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Final Fantasy 7 is a big game. It took three full uh, PlayStation 1 discs to, to like go through the whole thing. It is a big game. I think it is much yeah. bigger than people realize. What has mm-hmm. me worried is that it also spawned a kajillion spinoffs, and FF7 Remake... Uh, is an attempt to kind of take all of those things and weave them into one cohesive narrative. Oh, dear. 
Uh, and while I think they can do that now that everything's written and they actually place it where it needs to be, my concern is that they're going to try to expand so much on certain scenes that it then then it feels like kind of watered down a bit. So 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 something I have heard and something I, I I'm I'm also slightly concerned about is that a lot of the thematics of the game um, and especially this is from Matt. it's especially I don't not for Matt specifically but oh gotcha and especially it's or maybe it wasn't but especially it's like very strong anti-corporate messaging mm-hmm. um is going to get watered the fuck down and like to non-existence essentially here here's my kind of opinion on that and uh our friend our friend matt shared uh, and i think he was totally yeah. spot on uh, i think a bit premature but i think very valid concern is that ff7 is actually very anti-corporation and very pro environmental it, it is it, you're playing as eco-terrorists um, and you're the good guys. My concern <laughs> stems more from... So his, his th- thought was, oh, you know, they haven't shown it. And I think that's a little too early because they haven't really shown anything of it uh, besides, like, the gameplay. My concern is that what they're going to choose to expand and really make the focus is all of the weird mysticism alien stuff that happens rather than focus on the, uh, you know, hey, you we really are just, like, killing our planet kind of thing yeah um, yeah and like and so like hey you know what if the game just like to like took like a hard turn in the other direction and instead of like focusing way the hell too much on sephiroth they instead were like but hey maybe we should be a narco communist yeah i would start laughing my ass off and be like <laughs> wow that was a 180 <laughs> so not where I, not not where i thought that was going <laughs> i think it'll be interesting i am very excited to play it um could you imagine? Could you imagine? They're like, we're gonna expand, have all this extra content, but we're gonna take out the core, one of the core themes of the original game, <laughs> and then just like cover it up with Sephiroth bullshit. Like, great, cool, thanks. I, I don't think they're gonna cut it out. I think what's gonna happen is it's gonna get kind of lost in all of the uh, uh, that stuff. I think it'll be there for people who wanted it to be there. But, I yeah, you know, it was lost, but now is found. Ooh, this is a fun one. It's Final Fantasy VIII Remaster, because the way I hear it... I'm genuinely more excited for the FF8 Remaster than the Seven Remake. Like, I just want to play these games in, like, a nice, you know, quality of life upgraded version of their original format. Mm -hmm. And if the... Like, Final Fantasy VIII also looks very interesting to me. It's the same problem of, like, wow, I see all these cool clips on YouTube, and I would love to get in on that, and I can't. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what Squall and his whole shtick is outside of being yeah. the sad guy in Kingdom Can, Hearts. By the way, by the way, did they did they do a remaster of Final Fantasy VII? They did. Oh, they it did. is on the they Switch. Did. It is apparently quite good. Oh, um, good. Now I can play Final Fantasy VII. They fixed a audio glitch recently where the audio wasn't looping correctly. Oops. My joke more about FF8 was the theory I heard was apparently they lost a bunch of the original assets and yep. that's why the remaster didn't come out with FF7, FF9 and FF10. Yeah, it was Yeah, <laughs> I heard like, about that. It was like it was like 7, 9 and 10 are all coming out and you're like, "Wait, but where's 8?" Like, "Oh, like, I'm sorry. We lost all the files." And you're just like, "What the fuck?" How and that's not the first this? time they did that. Drew, you may remember this. Do you remember the Kingdom Hearts uh remaster that came out a while back? Do you know why that one took so long? Because they lost the original assets uh, of Kingdom like, Hearts I, 1. It's so, it's so like, that's such a weird problem, and I understand why it exists. But it's just, like, in these days where we have revision history and cloud saving, it's so weird to say, like, oh, we just lost it. Goodbye. We'll see, we'll see Drew, that's why we'll never lose SF7, because we have cloud saving. 
Ooh, I, I, I like that joke a lot, Adam. I'm going to give uh, you a clap. So that was a next thing, and this is something I didn't even look at because I haven't played it, uh, was there's mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC. And it is Hooray. cryptic and weird and 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 silly. It, 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 isn't it like reconnect or remind? Or... It's remind, but I don't know what the hell it's talking about. And the little bit I saw was like, wait, who the hell are all you? I... So, I hope there are new worlds. Maybe it'll inspire me to pick up Kingdom Hearts 3. Maybe they'll add Halloween Town and I'll be very happy. But mm-hmm. I am skeptical and not holding yeah. my breath. Um, the other game they showed off, uh, there was two other ones, is they showed off another trailer for Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles HD. Uh, Ooh, I you know, you're not just... about that. I am. I am very... I am very happy. I'm also very confused why the hell they won't just show me gameplay of it and I have to see it through like every little trailer. I think the new big thing they showed off in this trailer was, hey, it's also coming to smartphone and I don't know how that's going to work. It's like, wait a minute, why? It was for Switch and PS4 and then it got delayed for Android and iOS. Um, So so this is is another occasion of just like, hey, Square Enix is doing a remake of Crystal Chronicles. Great, I'll buy it. People have been telling me to play that one for years too. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited for that one. I'm, I'm not pretty. I'm very excited for that one uh, because they're apparently adding new uh, zones to the pre-existing location. Ooh. So that sounds nice. Uh, so I'm very excited to see what they do with that. That's, that is a spicy remaster. Um, and I think the last thing that Square Enix showed off was they finally showed off Crystal Dynamics's Avengers game. Ah, cool. yes. That's yeah, one. Exactly. That, none of. None of them look like the ones in the movies, but they're going for the movies vibe, and they're not doing the thing. It's very weird. Well, I'll tell you this. I actually know somebody working on that game. Uh, uh, I know somebody who is very tuned in. He works very closely with that whole studio. Uh, I won't say who or nothing like that, but I remember him talking about, yeah, we're getting a lot of feedback. And it's interesting because this is kind of my take on it, is that the character's obviously don't look like you know robert downey jr or chris evans or yeah or scar johansson but those characters have been around a lot longer before the mcu uh so i understand why they might look like the con- like more comic book version uh i do know that was a big takeaway of hey these characters don't look like how i would expect them to and i was like yeah that's because they've been around for forever they won't always look like okay that. so yeah i i agree with that but the problem i'm having is that like their outfits and mm-hmm. the the general aesthetic and everything else looks like it should be in the MCU. Your, your like problem is more everything like everything around their faces looks like it should be MCU. Oh, uh, uh, I and get your faces now, don't yeah. look right. Um, so like so, the game is telling you we're the Avengers, not the MCU. And like then why are you wearing every MCU thing you possibly yeah. could? And like yeah, so oh. that's so that's that's the problem uh, because like Marvel Ultimate Alliance is also coming out and they don't look anything like it, but they're also really cartoony. They're in a completely different style. Mm-hmm. And they're very clearly not trying to look like the MCU. So it's fine when they look different. I I think the problem is, and I think this was going to happen with any uh, Avengers game, uh, that as soon as they tried to make it look more realistic, they were going to run into this problem of, yeah. hey, you don't look like the MCU. And it's like, well, we're not the MCU particularly. Um, but I agree with you, Zach. I, I totally see why people are upset about that. Uh, I'd be surprised how much they drastically change it given like uh, it's not I, too much of a thing that it bothers me all that much but the other problem is that like we've been so inundated with mcu content i don't give a shit anymore because it has enough similarities with it i'm just like i don't care yeah like because i've stopped caring about the mcu i stopped caring <laughs> about the mcu like five years ago how dare you it's the great it's the biggest thing ever 
You must be a DC fanboy. I knew it. Stop. God, I hate I hate DC. Get but out of your what, Superman onesie. So what I think uh, is weird is uh-huh. like this is an official Avengers game, right? Like right, it, yeah. It, like I imagine it was at least commissioned by Disney. So I don't understand why they don't have the rights to the actors look. You know, mm-hmm. like it, that's I don't that's know something uh, that happens very free. Like we had uh, what's his name uh, Kevin Spacey in uh, freaking Call of Duty at one point. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it, it so, seems well, like also remember strange to me. You know? Also remember that um, I, I think this might be also a money issue, uh, and I, I really mm. do feel this. Uh, uh, the, the main actors, the main six Avengers, are some of the highest paying, uh, highest paid actors and actresses in all of Hollywood at the moment. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't put it past the studio to be like. That is literally going to kill our entire budget, and I don't know if we can run it. I, I don't yeah, know if this so is they, the reason. So what? So so what they did instead was hired the highest profile voice acting talent. Yeah, is, they got like Troy Baker, Lawyer Bailey. Well, hey, you, you do need voice actors, and you want them to sound good, so better get That's the best true. of the best. Uh, I I just found it. I just found it funny though that it's like we. We can't bust. We, we would destroy our budget, but we're gonna spend a shitload on the voice actors, anyways. Or we're gonna like, like spend a bunch like on the voice two actors. Of the anyways. most like it's Square Enix and Disney. Like it's mm-hmm. not yeah. like they don't have the money, and it's the uh, official. You know game. what, guys? It seems so strange. This is all speculation, unless you all sit on. <laughs> unless Drew is actually Bob Iger, and I don't think he is. Drew. Are you I'm living not. a double life, Drew? <gasps> oh well. I, I'm oh, well. I'm not I'm not an old man yet. Don't worry. And, and I like I'm not trying to like throw shade at the game. I'm just it's a decision where I it seems weird. Okay, so one last thing I want to talk about with the Square Enix conference. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you know? Hey, did you know they're publishing a World War II shooter? And it baffled me. It baffled me to no end that they were publishing this. Yeah, I saw that. That was on their collective. The they spent. They had a whole trailer for it. So how about Nintendo, huh? Yeah, how about Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was actually thinking because there was something in the trailer that caught me as really funny, and the trailer is for the, the World War II shooter that Zach's talking about. Keeps hyping up. Oh my God, leaderboards and and rankings. It's like, who cares? I know. I thought it was like it, it was like a game trailer from like 2008. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Anywho. That that was uh that game, but yeah, Nintendo, yay! Hooray! Full uh, disclosure, I I missed an entire meeting that morning to watch that. Wow, mm. I actually missed the first half of the. I missed like the first fifteen minutes because I was in the shower or something. Um, I, and I, I was like, um, and I so I missed the first Smash character trailer, which is fine because I never played any of those <gasps> games. How dare you! Uh, I listen. Those games are grindy as hell. I don't want to waste my life on them. How dare you? They're great. Sorry. Uh, anyways, so the first the first thing I mentioned is that in Nintendo they showed off not one but two Smash characters. They have the hero from the Dragon Quest series and Banjo Kazooie from the Banjo Kazooie. Drew Banjo. Yay! It's a bear and a bird. Wait, Drew, did you play Banjo Kazooie? I had a Sega Dreamcast and not a Nintendo 64. <gasps> oh, no! It's true. You never knew the joys of the Banjo-Kazooie. I didn't, which is a shame because it looked like a super cool game. And I did play it once when I went to get a haircut and they let me play video games while I was getting my haircut. 
Hmm. Fuck, they need to bring that back. What the fuck? I'd I'd love to play a video- I want to get a haircut and play a video game at the same time. That sounds amazing. It was, it was a surreal experience. <laughs> but yeah, so I actually thought this was interesting because uh, I feel like they showed off one trailer was for the people in Japan and the other trailer was for the people in the US. Yeah. Because I guarantee you Dragon Quest is by far the biggest series in Japan, but I guarantee you like not many people know about it here in the states so mm. and likewise and actually Banjo kazooie a big thing over here maybe not as much as in japan so i thought it was a good idea. like look both both sides of the coast are happy or the planet are happy i i really like these the smash characters that they're adding they're yeah. they're they're going for some real wild ones i mean we don't have shovel knight but at least you got a trophy yeah mm. I, I was hoping shovel knight but i also think that oh be, god Oh man, this, I'd be this more wasn't surprised E3. If he was. Uh-huh. This wasn't E3, but I'm still fucking shocked that Bloodstain had fucking Shovel Knight in it. <laughs> yeah, you can play a Shovel Knight in that one. You need a particular yep. piece of armor, but it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it was, it was like Shovel Knight's just gonna be a cameo in every game from now on. I fucking love Shovel Knight. Y'all should play Shovel Knight. Uh, but yeah, so that's this is the third, the second and third uh Smash, Smash DLC character, leaving two more slots. Um, and I'll be entirely honest, after Banjo-Kazooie got added, I actually have no idea who else these other two slots can could possibly be. Yeah, unless they actually bring in Waluigi. They fucking won't. He's a goddamn assist <laughs> trophy. <laughs> oh, Speaking of Waru Luigi, oh, hey guys, right. Luigi's Mansion 3. Anybody yeah, stoked? I'm, I missed uh, almost the entirety of this trailer. I missed, I, I like, when I got to the, the Nintendo stream, it was, like, right at the end of this trailer. So I... Did not see much of it, but I am... I Hey, you know what? Luigi's Mansion. That was a fun game. Mm-hmm. And Luigi is my spirit animal, so... <laughs> I'm ready. I'm uh, ready to play Luigi's Mansion 3. Here's the thing that got me. I watched a bit of the ga- the E3 gameplay stream. Um, there's a character called Gooigi. Yep. Who I is a Luigi that. that you can make out of goo, and yep. he'll be your double. Yep. And now you can play up to eight-player Luigi's Mansion in the... Uh, Drew, this is a literal bloody palace in Luigi's Mansion. It's called the the Scarescraper, but it's it's fucking bloody palace. That's a very, very weird. weird addition to that kind of game. <laughs> Excuse me while I go look up bloody palace. That's the Devil May Cry uh, Infinite Battler, or the 100 Floor Battle Tower. So, 8-player... Scarescraper. Scarescraper. So, 4 players are Luigi, 4 are the Gooigis. Oh, god damn it! God damn it! There's fucking four Luigi's. So, uh, next game that was there because I really don't have much else to say about Luigi's Mansion other than hey, it looks cool. Uh, it looks cool. Was the big sleeper surprise for me, which was oh my god, there's a No More Heroes three. Hooray! Yay! It's just a trailer, so I was yeah. like, this looks cool. Did either of you guys play No More Heroes? I did not. Um, I'd be excited. I forgot they made a second one. Uh, I think the one thing I'll say about this is that uh, I'm really interested to see what they do. I, I didn't play Travis Strikes Again, which is apparently a lead into this one. Um, but it also desperately makes me want them to bring No More Heroes 1 and 2 to the Switch so I could replay those. Because um, I never played 2. My Wii stopped working before I got to play No More Heroes 2. Ah. Yeah. 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 Um, the next game was Panzer Dragoon. Can I say something about this trailer? You may. For like two seconds, they showed a dragon on screen and someone was riding it and there was like a flight segment. And all I could think, like for like a split second, I was like, 
is Nintendo publishing a fucking Drakengard game? What the fuck? No. Um, <laughs> I was like, so one, that would have been like, what the fuck? Two, that would have been like, Yoko, what the fuck are you doing? Yoko does as he pleases. He does. He does do as he pleases. Uh, I have really nothing, no attachment to to Dragon, to Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, so. I, I'm, all, I, I'm in the exact same space. Uh, next was Astral Chain from Platinum, a.k.a. Hey. Police with Stands from JoJo. Yeah, yeah Police with Stands, um, Police with Personas. That's another one. Uh, I watched a bunch of gameplay of this. It actually looks really good. Um, oh, really? And there's a, there's nice. a l- bigger emphasis on exploration than I thought there was. Um, and it's a lot of like, hey, you so, actually have five different legions, which are the spirit that you're controlling. Uh-huh. Uh, you can skill and spec them out however you want uh, with a skill tree. And then they so, each have special abilities to uh, if I remember do detective correct- work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So if I remember correctly, like, like it is a very much like an open detective game. Yeah, it's a character action game, but there's a weird emphasis on... I mean, you're playing as police officers, so it's not weird or out of theme. It's just mm. something I wasn't expecting. It was like, hey, we're going to do detective work. So you're yeah. not like you're not playing a riot squad. You're just you're playing a detective that can fight people. Yeah, you're almost playing like a beat cop kind of deal. It was kind of neat. Oh, actually, playing a beat cop would be interesting. Although in our modern environment, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Japan's going to have a different. Like I can imagine, Japan has a rather different perspective on police than. Oh, uh, remember. States. There are no guns in Japan, so you have to use your batons. That's why we're going to have our future uh, cyber police use, like, cyber digital blades. Be, be excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, in the United States, obviously, like, you, you assume a police officer has a gun. But there's a lot, like, there's a lot of very, very current events kind of connotations with playing as a police officer or, or like, interacting with the police that will be interesting to see how Astral Chain is regarding uh, that because it's a I, Japanese game. By a Japanese I don't publisher. think they're going to do any kind of critique on the police because yeah, literally the first thing that this is in this trailer Platinum, was... This is Platinum, dude. They might. They might, dude. Oh, they could. Like, they could. But I'll tell you this, <laughs> Drew. Could. The first thing that happens in this trailer was, so these aliens from outer space tore a dimensional hole and uh, we then put a giant handcuff around them and now they're ours and we're fighting them. It's like... Well, this is the same... Oh, wait, hold up. I'm sorry. Um, this is not Yoko. Platinum. Uh-huh. This I know not it's Yoko. Platinum. Okay, my bad. Because he's working on something right now. I thought it was the same thing. My, no, I, I, I goofed no, no, up. No. I goofed up a little bit. Yeah, no. Yo- Yoko Taro can... Like, if Yoko Taro and Platinum were working together on Astral Train, I'd be like, all right, now where's the criticism? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. where's the critique? Um, but overall, like... I think this will be Platinum's really fun. just going to make character action stuff. Like, they, they make really nice, well-polished stuff. Yeah. So I expect I, it to be a nice, fun, well-polished game. I think they're best when they have the gameplay and then somebody can come with the story. So I don't know where this is going. But it looks fun. I'm very excited. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, the next uh, game I put down was Animal Crossing New Horizons, a.k.a. Watch Grown Men Cry About Animal Crossing. What? Oh, I, I saw know. a lot of trailer like reaction videos of Animal Crossing. Bro, there are some people with big emotion for Animal Crossing. That's so Why? interesting. I, I don't um, understand. Like, they, they have, like, a new game every couple of years. It's not like it's been dead for a while. Uh, it kind of has. Like, I think the last one was New Leaf on the on the 3DS, and that was many, many years ago. Well, was it? many, many in, like, three or four years ago. Uh, yeah, the mobile maybe, game maybe wasn't... I'm just not tied in. My bad. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but New Horizon actually looks like a really interesting take because you are now... In all the other games, you would inherit your town, and it would just be like, hey, here's its layout. It was randomly generated for you. This time, you're getting an island, and you're kind of building your own town. Like, you're building it how you want. And I think that's a really neat twist. 
That is a really cool aspect of uh, that. I thought it was really interesting because I think this is the first time that I was like, oh, hell yeah, get hyped for crafting shit because you actually have to build all the things you're doing and that kind of puts adds more to the gameplay loop instead of go talk to these animals and they'll give you a, a leaf. And yeah. then use your leaves to buy food, yes. Mm. Or really it's more like buy fancy things for your house. I have not played an Animal Crossing game. Uh, I lost a summer to Animal Crossing 1. I'll be interested to see how Animal Crossing New Horizons handles. Um, it, it could be cool. I, I might I might check mm. it out. I wasn't super thrilled on the mobile game. The mobile game was too Yeah, gotcha I tried playing that too. It's it very, was, yeah, it was really gotcha. It's not it's not great. I, I didn't I dropped off it real quick. Uh, you know what never people never drop off, even when they say oh, I'm outraged. Nobody can quit Pokemon. Yeah. You think you think you can, and you might be upset at some developments, but it's still the number one like pre-ordered game coming out of E3. Mm-hmm. So take that with what you will. It does uh, look this exciting. Was, it does look exciting. I'm pretty yeah. Pokemon. So Pokemon Sword and Shield's coming out. Uh, it's taking place in the Galar region. It uh, it's dropping a lot of gimmicks and adding new Dynamaxing, which is that's kind of cool. I I saw a trailer and it looked like one of the the gimmicks is the Pokemon grow very very big. That's so, Dynamaxing. Ah, uh, I see. I see. What is uh, the point of that? It, do, it looks. Do you know. So here, it here's seems what... like it's it's it seems like a mega evolution, but it's also just like it's just bigger. So here's here's my thought uh, on that. Um, in the previous two games, they've added new gimmicks, which were mega evolutions and Z moves. And mega evolutions were for once per battle, you could super evolve one of your Pokemon. And Z moves were in Sun and Moon, and you could uh, for once per battle use a like a super overcharged move it was like 200 damage which is like the highest amount it could go uh they have instead gotten rid of both of these mechanics for dynamaxing which is now for three turns you can make your pokemon supercharged and they can use like the equivalent of three z moves uh which i don't play competitive pokemon i don't really know how the meta is um it it seems kind of weird because I know people liked Mega Evolutions and Z moves, so I'm surprised they ditched him for this new Dynamaxing thing. But we'll we'll see, I guess. Yeah, I I feel like there's some sort of like mechanical constraint or some sort of like developmental constraint that's been going that's going on at Pokemon. Um, that they're just like we need to drop a bunch of shit. Yeah. In order, uh, like, cause the, like they're doing it with the bank too. Like, there's there's a lot yeah. of Pokemon you won't be able to get in the uh, the new Pokemon game too. It just seems overall there's like some sort yeah. of developmental block that's keeping mm-hmm. a lot of stuff from being in the game. The the big thing that came kind of came out of this update and uh, Zach or Drew, you maybe will maybe quickly say something about that is that uh, apparently they are dropping the international Pokedex, which means only the Pokemon that are in this one are here. You can't it, you can't have all 900 plus Pokemon in one game anymore. Mm. Well, this yeah. is like the the big gimmick here is that it's like the the big 3D one they've been working on for a while, right? Like that's that's mm-hmm. the big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I mean in that case I can understand it. Like it just seems like a technic like a technical restriction. People are uh, understandably upset because it's like, "Hey, now I have to gamble if my favorite Pokémon's going to be in this one." For instance, if you like weird Pokémon like me, then there's a lot of Pokemon that are just gonna be like, "Oh, cool! I can't get Furret in my game." Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see, uh, because I do understand their their kind of dilemma where they're like, "We would have to. It would take so much resources to do like all like the 900 or so Pokemon." Uh, and I know they don't do it in studio; they're literally outsourcing it. Uh, but that's still a you know a budgetary yeah. and like oh, resource no. need on the studio. Like, I'm not I'm not like 
upset with them over it i I absolutely understand why they would do it it just kind of sucks in terms of like the games themselves because you're like oh well that sucks yeah i i think the three of us as people that have made games and you know do software understand the limitation of it but it is very disappointing to hear hey you can't get everybody and that's kind of a bummer oh you can't please everybody all the time unless you're pizza but let's not talk about something sad let's talk about the fucking ballerist announcement and all of e3 yo yo hold up i thought hey guys we have a secret thing to show you you know this is a very very brief and i thought oh man i wonder what it could be i bet it's like some goofy new thing and at the start it was like oh this could be anything and then you see that first shot of link and zelda walking by like <gasps> what is this <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't. I, I didn't think it was them for a second. For like a few seconds, I was just like, "That's not looking Zelda, right?" It's kind of like them, but this has got to be like a new pro. Wait a second. Yeah, no, it was fucking awesome. I'm like, holy uh, shit, we're gonna get a sequel this fast. I'm very excited for this one. So it's, this is apparently this is a sequel. So I, I thought maybe it might have been like a prequel thing. I actually thought it was a DLC for a bit. Uh, but then like, no, this is a full sequel, and it's like, yo, I'm ready. Should probably beat the first one first, but I'm ready for this sequel. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I see, I've already beaten the first one, and I'm just like, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Uh, the interview I heard from, I think it was from Alnuma, who was saying, this was actually originally supposed to be a DLC, but apparently the dev team kept thinking of so many more ideas and things they wanted to do with this world, that instead of D, like doing it as DLC packs, they just said, screw it, we're going to make it a full game on its own. Oh, I that's feel exciting. That's, that is That is very similar to how Majora's Mask went. Yeah, uh, and actually... Take this however you will. Uh, they said the tone of this one is supposed to be similar to Majora's Mask. Yes. Which that Wait, is trailer, the actual developers? Yes, these are the actual oh developers boy. said that they were there were so many ideas that instead of, you know, kind of doing it by DLC, they said we're going to make a full game and that the tone and feel will be similar. Uh, and I feel like this might be to embellish it. They said similar, if not darker, than Majora's Mask. Oh, boy. Which, wow. I'll be honest... So Having watched is, that trailer, I believe them. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Majora's... So, it's really interesting um, if, if they said that. Um, because, uh, like, like they had... They sort of seeded this stuff in the original game, too. So, it wouldn't surprise me if mm -hmm. these developers were like, we want to do the dark version of this now. Because, like, there's so many, like, hints. And, like, again, there's it, it's like subtone and, mm -hmm. and um, sub sort of subtext in the game. Yeah. That there's something very dark going on underneath the surface? That was the thing. Uh, this is a slight spoiler for Breath of the Wild, but this is one of the main things. I think the thing that got me that's like, oh crap, this is much darker than I thought, was that you're like, hey, you need to go find the previous champions. Like, okay, I'll find them. And you know what happens when you find them? I've been dead for forever, and my soul has been trapped here. And like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, oh, wow. And so like, they're already kind of like, they have this bright, sunny world with lots of mm. dark things going on in it. But now, like, they're just like, no, we're just going to be all dark now. And so what it's going to be interesting how that goes. What I think is interesting is I, I am curious how, if this will play a similar way with Majora's Mask. Not the time thing, but what I mean is Ocarina of Time was a finished, developed game. And they said, we want to do more with this game. So we're going to make a spinoff game that reuses a lot of the same stuff. And we already have the foundation. So we don't, we're not working on making new stuff we're refining what we already did and for yeah. a game as massive as breath of the wild with so many open-ended possibilities i am very excited to see what they can do now when it's no longer let's build it for the first time now it's let's refine this and really start playing with the mechanics we have so yeah that's that's what i'm really excited for. i'm stoked I'm like uh, i can't wait 
and that was pretty much everything I saw at E3 that I was excited about. Yeah. I have a few things to say about the fallout of E3, and it almost entirely revolves around female characters. Hmm. Two, wait, two, two of them? Two of them are perfectly fine. One, the, in both of them, I'll give them one go. Nessa, the new gym leader that was announced, and uh, Zelda with short hair, tons of fucking fan art, let me tell you. It's yes. a mountain. I've seen it. <laughs> There's so much. I've seen it. <laughs> it's, it's, I've been like inundated with all of this. Uh, um, same, uh, although, same also for Tifa. Uh, Tifa also spammed my fucking thing with like people making uh, artwork of Tifa. Yeah, it's Tifa. What were you expecting? Yeah. Um, but then probably like Nessa had a thing about uh, there was a whole thing with uh, colorism and all of us are white, so I don't think any of us have a strong connection with that particular subject. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, the fucking debate about Tifa like and her fucking tits. Uh, I was just like, like I was, Drew, I was, Drew seems done I was, with it. I was too mentally exhausted from that bullshit to like tap into it. I'm sorry. It... Yeah. Don't don't worry about it. I've looked into it, and it's just, like, weird and silly, and it's just, like... And, like, even the interview is just, like, we put her in a sports bra because it would be weird and kind of silly if she wasn't, and she was, yeah. like, doing uh, back. Let me be honest. And I was just like, yeah, exactly. This will be the only thing I say about that. Uh, I personally really like all of the new character designs for FF7 Remake. I thought the whole, like, oh, man, what are they going to change? There's, like, this was exactly what I thought they would do with her. Like, you literally had to just yeah. go look at old Advent Children stuff to see where they would go with it so it's like that was weird yeah it, it was indeed really weird so i actually i saw a video um specifically about tifa the thematics of her character mm-hmm. and basically argued that like her wearing a sports bra and having to like clamp down her feeling her uh her assets basically, like symbi- basically symbolically um so so tifa in, the, <laughs> in final fantasy 7 is a very maternal character uh-huh. um and so wearing a sports bra is clamping down on that aspect of her in a very physical way, which is symbolic of her having to sort of put away the maternal aspect in order to be able to fight. It's a bit of a stretch, Zach. I got to be honest with you. It's about the, like, like in terms of, like, a thematics of character, it's about as close as you're going to get to it having a meaning in terms of thematics. And it's basically a, a character trait that's, like, already exists with the character. Mm-hmm. Like, it already fits that she would do something like that, both symbolically as a character and physically i guess anyways all i'm saying is it was a, it's a character design i don't know if there's much symbolism there but <laughs> I, I i hear you yeah zach or drew tell me what was our second question and we may have already covered this so we might be able to just jump to our our third one so we're, this is just a good catch-all question was there anything that happened at e3 that you just wanted to talk about that you know we haven't gone over like some extra how about tidbits? that how about yeah. that i jumped wow. the gun zach's already <laughs> you, got this you jumped uh, the gun I also I also watched uh, most of the uh, most of the uh, announcements that most of the uh, fucking what are they called uh, the showcases I watched via the uh, the Polygon stream which was really nice yeah good uh, let's see was there anything in particular oh, that was fun uh, I think for me this was kind of a uh, any particular event there was a lot of things that were just like hey let's bring this out on stage this year and I know that's kind of true of all E threes. Uh, but, like, this year it's like, hey, guys, we're going to put Keanu Reeves on stage. Hey, guys, we're going to bring a Lego car out. Hey, guys, we're going to bring a dog out. So so here's the thing. Apparently, the guy who brought his dog out uh-huh. does this all the fucking time. That dog does not leave his side. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you, John but Berntal. I will, I will say, hey, guys, 
we're going to pull out some pro wrestlers and then put them in the death cage. Okay, I did want to talk about that because that was for something I didn't even bring up in the Microsoft one. So Gears of War 5. Oh, oh my God, it's Gears of War 5. There was a bit in their live stream where they go underneath the stage and it's, hey guys, we're going to show off our new game mode, Escape. And we've got these pro WWE wrestlers here to show it off. And we're going to start the footage now. And... If you're watching the stream, instead of actually seeing the gameplay, it then cuts away to a trailer of the Xbox Elite game controller. Yeah. It's like, wait, what happened to the pro wrestler? What happened? Yeah, like, I don't know what the fuck happened. And the best part, to me at least, was that they cut to the, they showed the pro wrestlers who were behind the stage in what looks like a fucking prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just looked like they were trapped down there. Yeah. Uh... Let's see, any thoughts about the game show? I, I put this here, maybe this is uh, an interesting thought of, what did you guys think about Sony not being there at all? Uh, weird, but uh, they made their own announcement right at the same time, so they, it's kind of like they were not they were there anyways. Yeah, I thought it was kind of odd, because it's like, it was, maybe this is a better answer for the, the impression on the whole. Drew, quick, read us our third question so I can bring this point up. <laughs> Adam, it's so funny you bring that up, because Whoa. the final thing we wanted to talk about was what was your general impression from the expo? You know, what did you take away from the changes and general, you know, attitude of the show? Do you have some thoughts, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. I wonder how you would have known. I wanted to briefly talk about Sony not being there because it was kind of like the three pillars of console gaming and kind of the game industry, you know, there are three big kings there. One of them just didn't show up. Like, yeah. Microsoft's always there. Nintendo has their directs, but they always have a big presence on the show floor sony just wasn't there and that was really weird to me and i know a bunch of people were talking about how this year's e3 felt very lackluster it felt like oh you know we knew all this stuff was coming uh and i feel a part of that was because sony just wasn't there for for like people to bounce ideas off of like i don't i think it's just because like they didn't so what is the biggest like announcement that was made at e3 that like no one knew about beforehand was there one was there a ma- like cyberpunk we already know i don't about. think so dude i i, I, I think actually it was think breath of the wild 2 probably yeah. i think i think it's like watchdogs legion or breath of the wild 2 those are probably the two as uh, big like announcements if i had to pick one from each show i think cyberpunk was microsoft's big thing they showed off uh maybe right. halo infinite but i think more people knew about cyberpunk mm-hmm. uh i feel like ff7 remake was the big uh, was a big winner of e3 right i feel like breath of the wild 2 was a monster winner um I feel like those are the three that really stuck out. But you're absolutely right. I think most things people kind of already knew were coming. And I think this is a trend of most of the E3s before this one of just like, we, we kind of already know what's coming. Yeah. And so, so like, if you're looking for interesting at the E3, you kind of have to like look at the lower rungs of it. Elden mm. Ring was leaked, but would have been a cool fucking thing to, to see for the first time at E3. Um it's stuff like uh, Bleeding Edge is an interesting one. Uh, Infinite, I guess. Uh, Spiritfarer and Way to the Woods. Like, those are indie games. It's cool to see those announced. Deathloop mm. and, and Ghostwire Tokyo both seem like really cool games. Mm. But you're looking at the you're looking at the second tier. Like, there's no major triple, AAA release or, like, AAA sort of uh, mm-hmm. um, game that, uh, uh, that got announced at E3. And I think again, that's why people found it a little lackluster. With the exception of maybe Breath of the Wild, because I don't, I know they had talked that uh, said, hey, the next Zelda yeah. is in development, but I don't think anybody expected to see yeah, it Yeah, I don't, I, I didn't think anybody was gonna, I, I yeah, um, I didn't think so either. Let me tell you, let me ask this, because we did talk about this a little bit. Uh, were there any games you guys were disappointed not to see? 
I can think of two that I know you guys might have been disappointed not to see. Adam, uh, what? Adam, what? Elder Scrolls Six. Okay, dude. Hey, they mentioned it. You know what didn't get mentioned at all? I know what didn't. I know what uh, didn't get mentioned, Adam. Fucking see Metroid Prime Four. Like when uh when the guy is like, "Hey guys, we actually have one more thing." I I thought for sure that was gonna be Metroid Prime Four, and it's. As excited for Breath of the Wild 2 as I am, it was like, where the fuck is Metroid Prime 4? Platinum, where the fuck is Bayo 3? You know, I with Metroid, I, I want them to do a good job. Once they show me a trailer, once I have real footage, you can have my money. And until you do, you don't get my money. Mm-hmm. And that's just the paradigm that, like, I'm holding Nintendo ransom until they deliver <laughs> all the goods. Uh, and they just haven't done that yet. Having watched a bunch of things for Astral Chain, we don't negotiate with terrorists, so we're kicking the door in with our super cyber stands. Well, you know, that's cool for you, but I guess you're just never going to get Waluigi and Smash then. Because, you know, he's he's in my closet right now. Oh, I feed no. Him, I feed him table scraps and bits of metal. What? Zach, Zach called the police. Yeah, let me, I'm going to go. On that note, though, we've been talking a lot about what we've enjoyed about E3 and our general impressions. Wait, Zach, did you have a general impression of E3 you wanted to talk about before we go to this next final question? Um, hmm. The things I would probably be, the things I was going into it, the things that I wanted to see going into it, sorry, basically never showed up. Elder Scrolls Six. I did actually want to see Metroid 4, um, and... Like, you know, it's not like they're announcing a new Persona game or anything. I think they, I think Sony might have announced something regarding that. But, um, like, there was nothing that I was, like, super, super hyped for looking into it. Um, and so I went into it kind of like, there's a few things I'd like to see, and I didn't see them. But I did see a lot of other cool stuff, so I guess that's cool. And that's my feeling on E3 overall. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, my general impression was it was a year of the big stuff's happening next year. Like yeah like um we like we don't like we know the new consoles are coming and they're gonna have big demos soon we know that that's probably gonna have all the release titles and they're probably holding back a little bit for that time we've you know we've got like a lot of good announcements but nothing's happening this year with the exception of cyberpunk i suppose so my sense was it was a low-key e3 and i kind of liked that like um like, the fact that we didn't have Sony there, the fact that I'm not being bombarded by, like, which mega company won E3 this year, like, it seems like that's just a conversation that's not as heated. Like, in the past, there were, like, you know, many fights and debates about, you know, like, which which, which mm. group did the bestest ever and Shade Throne and all that stuff. To be fair, the last few years, it's pretty clear which... It's it's pretty clear the last few years who wins, and it's whoever doesn't goof. And I think there mm. weren't as many goofs. That's fair. true. That's true. Uh, that was my general yeah. impression. Yeah, uh, I think it was. Thoughts. It was a year. Uh, I'm certainly not walking away from it. Uh, you know, as as hyped like last year. Okay, to be fair, last year they showed off DMC five. That's really hard. Yeah, it, it's kind of hard to follow minds. that up. Like, I yeah, think it's I mean, because like, like if a new Civilization game was announced, I'd be pretty hyped. Or if like a new, uh, or if, or hmm, actually, I'm surprised we didn't get super hype on Elden Ring, but you know. I think it's just because oh, we need footage. Enough, but... We need yeah, much. But yeah, yeah, that's all I had to say about E3 2019. Yeah, yeah, 2019. It's it was a year. It was a year full of full of lots of fun fun hecklers and crowds and and lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know what, guys? There's mm. one more thing to do. <gasps> it's time for a 
Ex- nice... Exercise the ghost? Yes, and you know how we what? exercise how? the ghosts and how? our own inner demons? No, I, guys, don't exercise the ghost. That's Sorry, hard. Zach. Adam, what you gotta do is do this design club about E3 2019 and design a sweet indie game based off of what E3 was this year. Fantastic. So, I can't wait. So so uh, hop to it, dog. I'm if, gonna just... Okay, E3 2019. The game. <laughs> the game. You play as Keanu Reeves... In a convention center, surrounded by strangers he doesn't know very well. You have to play as Keanu. You're playing as Keanu Reeves, uh, who is lost on the show floor and needs to make it to his big show at Cyberpunk, but he can't be seen because then he'll get stopped. So you need to use stealth and uh, deception to make your way to the Microsoft stage. Oh, that's true. That's perfect. What an interesting game concept. To, to, to quote with this, Keanu Reeves seemed lost at E3. Uh, I loved how every time he was talking, like, he'd stop and think about it and go, Cyberpunk! And he's like, yeah! He has no idea like, what's happening! I, like, it felt like Keanu didn't know what the fuck was going on the entire time. I, I don't think he does. I don't think he knew what was going on. <laughs> like, I, like, what kind of prep did that man have before he went out on stage? Did they just go like, hey, just go out there and be yourself and talk about mm. how cool cyberpunk is? It's possible. Uh, like, that, I guess. So, of the many things you have to avoid, you have to avoid uh, dude screaming at every other word. Can't be seen by him, otherwise he'll give away your location. Ooh, ooh, I have one. I have one. Go for it. You have, you have side quests where you have to find the hidden um, Sony executives that were supposed to be there. Oh. They're, they're missing. <laughs> they're lost. And you just kind of like go through like the oh like the bathrooms and like like crates and try to find out what happened to them. And if you do, you find out what's going on with the Sony conference. <laughs> Somebody gives you a side quest. Hey, have you seen the Sony execs? If you help me find the seven Sony executives, I'm sure we can put something on. Unfortunately, Keanu did not complete this side quest, and there was no Sony stuff. Oh, man. Well, I don't blame you, Keanu. I don't think Sony had that much to talk about anyways. No. Uh, Let's see. What else were the big themes? Um, You'll get your intel because you are streaming it from your game streaming service. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Oh, right. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intel is crowdsourced, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And you can also hack into anybody's phone in the Keanu is everywhere system, a la Watch Dogs Legion. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, you know, I could see that. I could see that. Hmm. You know I mean, that's already that's a... from Watch Dogs, but yes, that's a neat little uh, game right there. Do we have a different game that you'd want to think of? Um, I think. Well, obviously, the it'd be kind of like an open world game because you got like a whole convention floor to explore. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's going to be split up into three parts, or maybe four, or five, or six. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows how many parts E3 2019 can be split up into? Yeah. Whew. Man, it's so big and gigantic. All right, boys. What do we, what do we name? What do we name this E3 game? Uh, Keanu saves E3. <laughs> Keanu. Uh, no, hold on. That doesn't work. Keanu Quest. Keanu, Keanu Quest. Keanu Quest. <laughs> <laughs> That could be a fun one. Somehow we'll have to work in uh, the dog and the Lego car. Get in the Lego car to drive to the Microsoft oh. stage. Oh, right. Fuck, you said Lego car? Sorry, you said Lego car, and I was thinking, like, what, did they just, like, roll, like, a go-kart? No, I remember it now. It's like a fucking Forza car. Yeah, man, out of goddamn Legos. It's so stupid. Uh, and then you'll run into look-alike Avengers characters who aren't quite right. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Ah, yes, it is him, Christopher Stevens, and his friend, (laughs) Tony Daubert Duder. Lovely, lovely. All right, well, I feel like that was a lovely design club. It's been wonderful, like, just talking with you gentlemen. Yeah, I know. um, and I feel like during this E3 session, we, um, you know, we, 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 we saw a lot. We grew a lot. We learned a lot. Hmm. But I feel more developed as a person now after being at yeah. E3 2019 in spirit with you all. Yeah. Mm. yeah. If only there, there was some kind of way to wrap it up in a yeah. nice little message to inform us and perhaps our listeners of what to take away. Perhaps a lesson. Hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson, if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything at all. So thanks, Sony. And that's your lesson of the day. Thanks, everybody. Hmm. What a wise that lesson for Sony to give us. Some beautiful shade, Zach. I love it. That's great. <laughs> shade that so... in a life lesson? I couldn't ask for anything more. This has been mm. the best podcast we've ever done. It's been it's <laughs> been a good day. It's been a good day. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we love you. We think you're just spectacular, fantastic, and just the goodest ever. If you think a fraction of that and just want to contact us or, you know, maybe give us tidbits, advice, or just want to say hi, you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or send us a message at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team N-I-T-W-I-C at gmail.com. Um... Yeah, you know, we uh, we really appreciate you listening in. Maybe share what you like with other people. And mm-hmm. have a great day, a great breakfast, a great lunch. And we'll be coming back to you real soon with a hot new episode. Until then, stay tuned and have the best day ever. That's what I got, y'all. That's all what right. I got. I think it's time to leave. We'll see you yes. all next time. See Goodbye. Next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.